What's up, James? Not much. What's happening? Happy New Year's. Indeed. Happy New Year 2022. Can you believe it? I, I can. I, I can't and I can at the same time. It's it's a, a wild uh, wild ride we've been on. But uh, I, I know you're typically limited on time because of uh, how busy you are. And that's actually something I wanted to kind of start off with. Because I know you always have a focus on like future projects, right? Like what, what am I going to focus on next? Is it going to be 9-11? Is it going to be false flags? Whatever. What is your future project? Do you already have something in mind that the next or this year, 2022 is going to take a lot of your focus and attention? Oh, yeah. I have three things in mind, actually. Uh, firstly, as you may have noticed, maybe not. If not, go check it out. I've released the first two parts of a three-part documentary on Al-Qaeda, the history of Al-Qaeda. The second part alone was two hours. The first part was like an hour and a half. It's like a three and a half hour documentary already. It's not even done. Um, that was an incredible amount of work uh, last year, and it's not done yet. So that will be one of the first priorities. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't exactly hold your breath for it. <laughs> it's going to take a little while, <laughs> as these things often do. Um, after that, or maybe before that, I don't know how things are going to work out in terms of the timeline. But I'm also going to take the um, what I did last year uh, in my Renegade University course. I did on uh, the history of mass media. I'm going to develop that into something. I don't exactly know what form it's going to take, but I did I did a lot of research for that, and there's a lot of valuable material there, and I know only whatever it is, 80, 90 people ever signed up for the course. <laughs> I'd like to get it out to more people than that. I think it's important information, so I'm going to be developing that in some way. And, oh, by the way, do you remember the World War I conspiracy? Remember that documentary? Remember it ended with to be continued dot, dot, dot? That's right, yeah. Maybe, maybe I might finally get around to the continued this year. Um, I hope I do because it's, I really should have had it finished by this point. But at any rate, the world intervened in the past couple of years in case you didn't notice. So, <laughs> so I have a lot on my plate for this year in terms of big projects. And of course, the million other little projects I'm working on all the time as well. Is there anything like COVID related that you think you want to spend some time focusing on? Um, not in terms of like some sort of, I don't have a plan for some sort of documentary project or something like that. Um, obviously I'm going to continue to cover events as they unfold. And I think one thing that I'm going to have my eye on for this year and in the coming years, I imagine it'll take a few years for it to come together. But I know that just la late last year, they started announcing that they're going to start looking at a global pandemic treaty because of course the chaos into the order we have seen the chaos of the past couple of years and people shutting borders and flights getting canceled and all this craziness. We can't live like this. We can never allow this to happen again. Now we're going to need a global pandemic treaty through the auspices of the WHO, and it's going to have teeth to it. And eventually, and this is this is the formalization of the biosecurity state. I've been talking for a couple of years now. This is from homeland security to biosecurity. And this is where we start to see the teeth of the new homeland security, uh, sorry, biosecurity state. It will not be at the nation state level. It will be at the international level. And there will be some sort of mechanism by which some bureaucrat or bureaucrats at the WHO type level, maybe not the WHO, but something like that, will be able to flip a switch and say, okay, now we're going to lock down this country and People will be barred from entering here and we're going to send in troops and pandemic response team to come in over here, blah, blah, blah. So that's that's where I know this is going 100 percent. It's just a question of how long it takes to get there. So I imagine I'll have something to say about that this year. And then whatever happens with the ongoing rollout of the bioweapon and uh, the response to that and how that uh, ends up playing out in the next few months. Who knows? Well, with New Year's being just five days away. I kind of wanted your opinion on how you think 2021 went and then maybe, a, a, I guess, a prediction of 2022. Like some people, uh, talking to a lot of people, I've been kind of curious on if people are optimistic about the future, if they think we're winning, if they think we're losing. And it's it's so mixed. Like I talk to some people and, you know, like myself, they, they have similar opinions where they feel like, okay, this, like you can only suppress the truth for so long. And you yeah. can see it seeping into the mainstream and so many things that were kind of laughed about or just mm. um, just looked at as completely just unrealistic or crazy 
are now being entertained by normies, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you feel? Do, or, but And then I've also heard people say, oh, it's going to get much worse before it gets better. And I'm like, well, it's been pretty bad. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, how much worse? That's true. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't ever say it couldn't get worse because you might well, that's to true. regret those words. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think you're picking up on the dichotomy that I think exists. Both sides of that coin exist. And the question is, which side will it land on? Who can say? But um, for 2021, um, people can look back at my new world next year uh, that I did with James Evan Pilato at the end of last year, where we look back at 2021. And I chose for my story, the great the great uprising, the great resistance, whatever you want to call it, that has demonstrably happened in the past year. And as you say, a lot of people who I think otherwise and in the past would have been safely ensconced in Normyland have suddenly woken up to, oh, wow, things are really crazy and have started um, participating in protests and other such things that they may not have otherwise. And we've seen, unfortunately, it's not all sunshine and rainbows and the resistance came and then everything happened and went, went happy again. Of course not. But I think the resistance itself is indicative of that greater societal change that you talk about and is important. Um, I, I framed it in my final editorial of the year, uh, 2021, the year of the apocalypse. And I mean that in the sense, the literal sense of apocalypse as a revelation, a great unveiling that has, I think, started to take place. I I, exa- I feel what you're saying with regards to that feedback you're getting from some people. You know, people are waking up. There's new people who are suddenly would have laughed at this stuff before. But now the Alex Jones was right tip jar is a meme on social media and things. Right. Um, there's definitely a great revelation that has taken place over the past couple of years. And I've directly experience that. I have direct experience of that with regards to people over the past couple of years who have contacted me to say, I I would have thought you would have been, I, I would have told you, called you a barking, raving, lunatic, conspiracy, tinfoil hat nutter a couple of years ago, but now, dot, 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 and there's a lot of people who are switching onto this information. So that is the hopeful side of the coin. As I say, that doesn't mean everything is suddenly better, and it doesn't necessarily mean that this all plays out in a wonderful way. It just means that there, the, the game is at a foot, shall we say, and there is definitely a power grab that's going on right now. So what do we make of that? That is the question for 2022. So um, in terms of optimistic versus pessimistic for the coming year, or a mixed grab bag, uh, there are a lot of ways that this could play out, one of which would be that it's neither decisively for the good nor decisively for the bad, but that the the people who have obviously been engineering this crisis for the past couple of years may decide to back off for a little while and regroup. And okay, you know, oh, the pandemic is over. You know, like, okay, you can all go back to some degree of normalcy, but all of the infrastructure, of course, will remain in place. That That is one way this could play out. It could be that this, the bioweapon that they're in force inoculating on people now is is genuinely the kill switch and they're going to, you know, millions of people are going to start dropping like flies. Could be. It uh, doesn't necessarily have to play out that way, but that's one option. So I don't, I, again, I always stress, I don't have the crystal ball. All I can do is say, well, if I were in some position of power, this is the way I would do it in order to try to maintain more power or whatever, and then see, strategize, well, so what are they doing? Does that play out? Uh, always keeping in mind that they don't have some, that they're, they're not control in control of everything that happens, that there is no they, them, those that literally controls every event. And if there was, I would... I would not be here talking to you. I wouldn't be doing what I do. I would just go enjoy the what's rest of my life. And, you know, oh, well, they, them, those control everything. There's nothing we can do. So we have some part to play in that. And that's obviously that's why I started Solutions Watch last year. And that's why that's going to be the continuing focus of my work in 2022. I don't at a certain point, I don't care what they are doing to us so much as what we can do for ourselves. And eventually, if the answer is nothing, you can do nothing and, you you know, it's all a mess, then, oh, well, okay, I give up. (laughs) But I'm not there yet. (laughs) There is still a lot of things that we can do to take power back into our own hands. So that's, I think that has to be the focus for 2022 if we want this to be a good outcome. I, again, I think it's still up in the air. Yeah, solutions are important. I mean, them, those, those, uh, that's Hank, uh, Graham, or not Graham Hancock, um, Hancock always says, yeah, yeah, Ernie Hancock's always saying that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's scary because like you said, things can get worse before they get better. And 
I think people are still dealing with the last time things were at its peak for, I guess, uh, how bad it, it was when you look at like the lockdown and then small businesses having shut down, kids having um, to, to wear masks in school or not go to school at all. And, and being, which I know some people in the homeschooling stuff uh, world would say it's not the worst thing in the world, which is probably true because uh, when you look at some, some of the uh, steps that are, are taken uh, in some of these schools in regards to not letting kids touch each other or be near each other or whatever, I mean, you're better off being at home. I mean, you, you go, you think like, Oh, they need that. Yeah, you don't want to socialize children into that as, as their normal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing is uh, parents would keep constantly uh, keep saying uh, like we homeschooled uh, the, well, they're back in school now, but they, they we, we homeschooled last year. And a lot of people are like, yeah, but I want my kids to have the social interaction. And I'm like, well, not if it looks like a prison and they have to be apart from each other and they can't touch it. I'm like, well, that's not like parents kept saying, oh, my kids want to go back to school. I'm like, they want to go back to the the thing that they were used to. They're not going back to that. They're going back to some weird version of that that is, uh, is, is not going to be close and it's probably going to do more harm than good. And he's, they're going to have limited social interaction and they're going to have all these issues with one, probably creating some paranoia because you're telling these kids don't touch anything, clean your hands every time you touch something, you know, all this stuff. And then all the other issues with not picking up on social cues with masks and stuff. I mean, the whole mask thing just drives me effing up a wall because it, it again, and we can go down this rabbit hole, how none of it makes any sense. Like the logic of, of, uh, of kids just having it's it's about compliance not science i mean if kids drop their mask in the bathroom or they drop their mask at recess if they drop their drop their mask anywhere coughing their mask sneezing their mask no teachers replacing it because they're just happy that they're wearing yeah. a mask you yeah. know it's it's not yeah, of course um you pick up on an important point there which is it it is kind of the dual nature of so many of these things yes it's the it's it's bad that the system that we've been in is collapsing but it's good that the system that we've been in is collapsing. And again, it's what you make of it and how you proceed from there. And it's uh, not just the uh, the collapse of the schools, but um, what was the other the other aspect of that I was just thinking of? Um, uh, it was something exactly like that where, yes, okay, so school uh, students have to stay home. Well, homeschooling is now an option. But there was something else I was going to pick up on on that exact. Anyway, it'll come back to me. But uh, there's uh, there's a lot of aspects of that. And again, I think that goes back to what our focus is. And that's, uh, you know, I'm doing my part, whatever I can to move the needle in terms of the independent media so that people stop simply focusing on this bad thing happened today. Let's report the news that they're reporting in the mainstream and then we'll dissect it for the lies. Let's just continue doing that forever and ever. Amen. No, thank you. Let's talk about what we can do productively with what's happening before us. And again, it's 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 more than, I mean, it is just a perceptual shift. It's a shift in our focus, but it's more than that. As you know, I mean, it's our conscious intent that we take into any situation is what it that absolutely determines what we're going to get out of that situation. And if we go into something simply concentrating on what is being done to us and how we're victims and, and we can't do anything, then how are we ever going to affect anything from that? Of course, yes. Whereas if we take something that, oh my God, this system that we've been living in is collapsing, then if we go into that with the mindset, what can we constructively create out of that? Then we're going to get something very, very different. And Unfortunately, I still see a lot of people in the independent media who still just want to chase the tail of the MSM and just talk about what the MSM is telling us this day or that. Yeah, it's great that you can de deconstruct the lies, but what do you do with that? That's the only question that matters at the end of the day. Yeah, it, it's weird because I've talked to some people that during all this, they're just like, you know what, I want to start my own community. I want to do homeschooling. And and like you said, there's we do have... we. We kept resisting the term, the new normal so much. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, it just came back to me. It yeah. just came back to me. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. As you're talking, that's the other thing I was thinking. Uh, a record high or a, a super high number of people have just quit their job in the past few months. I think 11.4 million in the past month or something like that, which is a terrible thing. People are losing their jobs, right? Or is it? Is it a terrible thing that this this job I've been stuck in at this cubicle in some corporation working for the man doing this thing that I don't really care about isn't going to pan out because they're trying to take force me to take a bioweapon or whatever? Uh, hey, 
suddenly I have an opportunity to do something different with my life. Maybe that could be a good thing. At the very least, it forces a lot of people to reevaluate where they've been going with their lives, which I know is something people have been doing over the past year specifically. So again, I think there is the dual nature. Sorry to interrupt. It's just that suddenly came back to me, all these people quitting their jobs or being forced out of their jobs may be the, the gift disguised as a, as a curse. Yeah, well, we kept saying, like, resist the new normal. The new, Like, we kept telling people, you know, the new normal's bad. Like, resist it, resist it. And sometimes you have to pump the brakes and, and remember what was going on before 2020. And you're like, uh, we're complaining about a bunch of bad stuff before 2020. There's plenty of things to to expose and, and complain about and, and corruption and conspiracies and all this stuff. So it's like, it's. N- it, it, I mean, obviously everything's been supercharged and, and it's happening quicker and faster and more stuff at once. But without a doubt, the old normal wasn't perfect either. There's plenty of people that were self-medicating. Yeah. Like you said, plenty of people working jobs that were unfulfilling. I mean, the pill epidemic, which I don't know if you watch Dope Sick, but it's definitely... Uh, a great series it's on hulu it's about the the history of oxycontin and it goes mm. into uh how the pharmaceutical i'm actually kind of surprised that it wasn't somewhat suppressed to some extent because even though it's not about our current situation um it i mean only a blind person wouldn't be able to see all the parallels i mean it's literally the same story just different yeah. medication different drug yeah. but the same way they manipulate the media all this stuff it's mm-hmm. it's not new and and you know, I've said on the show plenty of times in the past where everybody, it, you know, when I first got into alternative media and stuff like this and, and this work, it, it always seemed like that people were focused on the military industrial complex. And that seemed to be the biggest threat to humanity. That was one of the focuses on many people, geopolitical stuff, wars. And I'm like, big pharma's like right there. And if not, it's surpassing uh, the how dangerous they are, surpassing, uh, you know, the warmongers because big pharma's like, the, the the way that they're seeping into your personal home, your house, your family, they're affecting everybody so directly. It, it's just, it, it's scary. But, the, you know, mm-hmm. the, all these agendas are scary. I mean, even the crypto thing, I'd, I'd love to get your opinion on that. Because even though I love peer-to-peer, I love all these new ideas and, and, and feeling like we have control. I mean, I'm also concerned about, like, them being psyops and, and, and oh, right. you know, being Absolutely. like technology yeah. being used against us. Is that something you yeah. think about? Oh, of course. Yeah, I stand by. Uh, I did the Bitcoin PSYOP in 2018, I think. Uh, anyway, a few years ago. And I stand by exactly what I said in that um, podcast, which was about uh, the the uh, idea that the Bitcoin PSYOP is the PSYOP that makes you believe that all versions of this new technology are all the same thing. And it's all just this big homogenous identity of just monolith that you have to either completely accept in every form at all times or completely reject in every form at all times, both of which are uh, a form of mental illness, I think, um, the inability to differentiate between things. Um, I, I know there is that contingent that w- will absolutely reject absolutely everything to do with this new technology, which I think is about as sensi- uh, a common sense as do you know Bill Gates uses telephones to make phone calls to other people? I'm never using a telephone again. It's ridiculous. It's mental illness. However, of course, saying that it's an unadulterated, unmitigated good in all its uses forever and ever in every possible situation is, again, a form of mental illness. Of course. So the idea that it could be inculcating, indoctrinating, getting people in, trapped into the process of digital currencies, which will then be swapped out, then they'll crack down on the actual peer-to-peer decentralized currencies and make it almost impossible to operate in that space unless you go into illegal pirate black market spaces. And I don't want to do that. What's the what's the correct way to do this? Oh, I know. Central bank digital currency. Uh, cryptocurrency, central bank digital currency. It's all the same, right? Whatever. That's the Bitcoin PSYOP, and that's how they're going to get, unfortunately, I'm sure, a lot of the population on board. People who, a couple of decades ago, as the old jokes goes, they couldn't even set the uh, the time on their VCR, are now going to be figuring out the intricacies of the various uh, cryptocurrencies and how the different blockchains work and don't work. And no, of course not. Most people are just going to go along with whatever option is being handed to them as the acceptable option. And hey, this store takes this new central bank digital currency. Okay, I'll get this wallet, whatever. 
this is Bitcoin, right? Um, so unfortunately, yes, I absolutely do see this as a, a giant web that people are going to be caught in because they are not going to take the time that and effort and energy that is required to inform themselves about these issues and what they are and how they work. I know most people aren't going to do that. Um, on the bright side, I guess, parenthetically, I would say there will always be spaces for pirates to operate. They will always leave those cracks in the system. Um, one as a way of uh, uh, showing people, oh, those people on the fringe, those weirdo pirate people, you know, and they'll they'll arrest people here and there and make a show out of it to basically keep the rest of the sheeple in line. That's not a phrase I, I, I throw around uh, lightly, but I think it applies in some cases. Um, so they always leave those spaces open. They also always leave spaces open for their black operations because they need to use some of the back doors and some of the things that are actually um, uh, uh, cryptographic um, in nature so that they can do their black ops behind the scenes. And, and that's one of the things I always get. Always, always, always. Whenever I talk about the cashless society, but James, they will never go for the cashless society. How would they do their their drug running operations? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The CIA is just going to be completely. Oh my God, we can't do drug running anymore because of a cashless society. We'll never be able to find the back doors in these systems. No, <laughs> it's <laughs> again <laughs> mental illness abounds. Um, but having said that, yes, absolutely. It's a. I, I know no one. This isn't a profound insight, so people are just going to try to find the sort of, you know, more exciting way of putting this, but it is true, dual edged sword, and it can be used for good purposes in good ways, and it can be used to draw a lot of the population into a trap. And that is exactly what they are going to try to do with it. So people who are informed can avoid the trap and people who are not will fall directly straight into it. Well, I think that mindset is what leads us down this path that we're going because a lot of people just look at the technology and when i say a lot of people i mean i'm referring to like the developers a lot of people who are focused just on developing these technologies they don't see the big picture or aren't looking at it as how can this be used for evil or how can you know it's not even questions that pop in their head they might be just a kid who is yeah. always uh, obsessed with it it or computers or or somebody who's always obsessed with science and biology you know what the bottom layer of that scam is and, you know, it, it speaks directly to what you're saying right now is that the bottom layer of the scam is that evil doesn't exist. There is no evil. Nobody's evil and nobody's trying to have power over anybody else. That's a conspiracy theory. You're a weirdo for even thinking that. Nobody wants power. Nobody's trying to gain power over other people. There is no evil. That is the lie by which most people can be manipulated. Because at base, I know most of the people that we interact with on a daily basis, at the very least, aren't literal psychopaths. They may be good, good or bad people, you know, in general terms, but they have some moral center at some point and understand and can differentiate good and evil. And most people don't desire that kind of utter power and control and, oh, I just want to have power over people's lives. So they cannot imagine that mentality and because of that, why would they think to, oh, you know, this this digital cryptocurrency, whatever, why, you know, why would anyone try to use that to control humanity? That's ridiculous. That doesn't happen. And because people cannot literally have been psyoped into not believing that evil exists, then there's no point in even looking for it or thinking about that when we're looking at a new technology. Yeah, I think it's, sometimes people, like I said, like if you're into science or if you're, I mean, look at uh, Dr. Robert Malone, who now has been outspoken about the technology that he was a part of inventing. And I'm sure all those people, when they were in the process of putting their minds together and figuring out this, uh, you know, trying to solve this problem, they could never foresee what was going on now. And I think that does happen. But like you said, you know, you never want to take that to the next step and think like, oh, every situation is like that. Because I think one of the issues we are seeing a lot, and, it, you know, I've said this a lot on the show, so apologies for listeners who keep hearing me say this. It does feel like some type of spiritual battle. And, and you look at people like Dr. Peter McCullough, and I don't think Dr. Robert Malone, but Dr. Peter McCullough and, and, and some of the other doctors I've had on and people who are very outspoken, even like Del Bigtree, Mickey Willis they're not all religious, but they're all spiritual. And I think they, they, 
to be spiritual or be religious, you you believe in good. So if you believe in good, you have to believe in evil. And so it makes it easier for them to understand that there could be people out there who do really bad things and it's not accidental. It's on purpose. They're right. willing to harm people. They're willing to... Because I, yeah. I think that was one of the things in 2020 that people had a hard time digesting was this idea that they were intentionally hurting and harming people. And I, I, to me, it boggles my mind that they can't grasp that concept because we know wars, just about all of them, have been based on lies. So how is this any different? Yeah, exactly right. It's, it, it is a mental shift that needs to take place for most people because most people grow up believing everyone's kind of like me. Yeah, there's some differences, but everyone kind of at base kind of thinks like me and is kind of working towards the same things. I want to have happiness and whatever, wealth and fame and whatever for myself, but I don't want to stamp on people's face in order to do it. So no one else is doing that. Um, once you make that perceptual shift, then the question becomes, okay, so there, there are evil people who genuinely do lust after power over other human beings. How do they achieve that? And once you start to look at that strategy, then you start to go out of comic book conspiracy land where it is like every single person who's involved in the development of this technology is an evil person who's trying to control everyone. No, that's cartoon comic book stuff. I don't believe that. I think most people are actually well-meaning and, as you say, can't even envision how what they're working on in this little piece of this particular part of the puzzle is going to add up to something nightmarish and dystopian in the future because I'm not working towards that. I'm just doing, I'm, I'm a scientist solving this little puzzle. It's very interesting. Oh, look, we could do amazing things to help people with this. Oh, wait, we could do amazing things to harm people with this, but no one would do that, right? So then how do powerful people manipulate people who are not evil into doing things in service of an agenda that they don't understand? And that's when you start looking at rings within rings and the, the Quigley formula and other things that I've talked about in the past. And we, we have to get up to speed on this stuff quickly. And I realize I, I genuinely have sympathy for people in 2020, 21, 22, who are being suddenly thrust down the rabbit hole um, because I have had the luxury of the last 15, 16 years of exploring that rabbit hole and understanding it and getting a better map of the terrain and starting to you know know what's what. I've had that luxury of being able to do that and research and what have you. Most people are being thrust suddenly down the rabbit hole and saying sink or swim. I, I, I recognize that's a problem, but we need to get up to speed with this stuff. And I wish I had sort of the magic, you know, potion. And everyone says, oh, James, just do a little funny five minute video that'll <laughs> explain everything. And then when I inevitably do something like that and it ine inevitably doesn't change the world. Well, you didn't do it right, James, <laughs> is inevitably the feedback. Um, the point, I think, is we need to advance beyond because the conversation really is stuck on stupid. It is literally the cartoon comic book version of conspiracy in which everyone is evil and there's the, you know, Satan is at the top controlling every person on the planet or conspiracy doesn't exist. You're a, you're a nutter for thinking that it exists. No, we need to understand how power operates in society. That is the base level of understanding that we need in order to deconstruct and ultimately get rid of the system that has put these powerful psychopaths in place. And, uh, you know, easier said than done. But until we start to understand how that happens and how well-meaning, good-intentioned people can be used for evil purposes and put into systems that they may not support the end goal of, but that they don't even can't even conceptualize, until we start to come to a better understanding of that, we have no chance against what we're facing. Well, that's the thing about the Bitcoin, right? So Bitcoin, I'm like back and forth with, is, could it be a, because Richard Grove, an, another person like yourself, I respect a lot and been a fan of for a really long time. He's one of those people that's very skeptical of uh, whoever controls Bitcoin because we don't know who controls it. And um, it, it, or it could be the magical thing that we think it is. And when you look at these new technologies, it's, it's so scary because it's like, okay, is this giving me freedom or am I being controlled because I'm unknowingly... Right. Well, and, and the other thing too is that even if you are, if you believe that okay, it is uh, this peer-to-peer -peer 
thing and and it's uh nobody controls it um it's it's normalizing a thing that will eventually lead to bad things so it's like normalizing yeah. but, but you see what's happening again the bitcoin psyop we're talking about bitcoin as if it represents the technology in its totality are we talking about the bitcoin blockchain in particular or are we talking about Bitcoin and Tron and XRP and Monero and Pirate Chain and the 18,000 other variations that exist of this technology, all programmed in different ways to operate in different principles, doing different things? Which particular one do you have a problem with? Or is it every single one of them in all of their instantiations for all time in every way? Until we start actually talking about specifics, it's an airy fairy conversation that means nothing. It's just, oh, you know, it's this technology is evil. Okay, well, if the technology is evil, then it reject it outright and have nothing to do with it for the rest of your life. That's fine. But if we're going to start talking about specific blockchains and the way they function, I 100% believe the Bitcoin, whatever it was and however it started, you know, the big question mark, was it the NSA or whatever? Sure, it could have been. Um, but at the very least, it has absolutely been co-opted into uh, a shadow of its promise, its original promise. Oh, this is going to be decentralized and it's blah, blah, blah. And now it's controlled by a handful of developers who themselves are beholden to Wall Street interests in a lot of cases, uh, demonstrably so, AXA and all of that. Look into the, the blockchain development team and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. The Bitcoin is is at this point, I don't trust it. I, I, don't, I would never trust Bitcoin, but there are a lot of different projects that are built on different principles, Pirate and Epic and uh, Monero and all of these other things that promise some degree of, oh, there's pseudonymity here or there's, you know, there, there's privacy options over there. And every single one of them, you can scrutinize and come to your own opinion of the uh, veracity of those claims. But again, we have to do it on a case by case basis. We can't just say Bitcoin and mean every cryptocurrency in existence. Yeah, well, the reason why I brought up that one specifically, because that that's the one that a lot of people uh, one, it seems like it, it's almost like uh, you, when you, people buy a Tesla and they feel like they they're like a part of a club, like all of a sudden they have to they're the biggest Musk fan. And, and it's like you're in a cult like you think that that car is your cult card <laughs> where now it's like you uh, you're in this cult and you have to and you have this leader. Elon Musk that you have to defend and um at at all times and talk about how amazing he is. Bitcoin's kind of the same thing. We did a union done wanted on cryptocurrency and it really turned into Bitcoin people versus everybody else and mm. I'm just like, wow, these guys are pretty extreme and Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. that's that's a problem because it, one thing that was always and this goes to like I was looking I was uh listening to the, during the podcast I was listening to these people talk and I'm like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Because they're saying that they like Bitcoin because it gives you power, it, it bypasses banks, all this stuff. But they, they seem so extreme and so into Bitcoin specifically. It almost seems like, and I think we all have to catch ourselves from doing this. It's like we find something we like, then we kind of uh, look yeah. for reasons to defend that thing we like. And 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 I'm, I, I was curious, just listening to people talk, I'm like, how many of these people were about like these libertarian ideas and and these freedoms prior to Bitcoin, or are they just using that to defend? You yeah. Know, do you get what I'm saying? I think a lot of the people who've joined the space in the past decade, perhaps, are more on the, hey, this is a good bandwagon, and I'm sure I can make some money out of it. Um, you know, that is the way of things. And as a result, absolutely, there are people in this space now who absolutely are 100% only interested in making money out of it, and thus... Uh, are scrambling, falling over themselves to comply and to, you know, we're going to make sure that the IRS gets, you know, get, this is all done on the on the up and up with the tax authorities and we're going to file everything and make sure they regulate all of this space. That There is a huge push for that right now because, of course, that's where the money is to be made in the, in the Wall Street world. Um, that's how they get on board with this. So absolutely, I you know, and the Bitcoin maximalists are funny to me because if you truly were 100% certain that there is Bitcoin and then everything else is, as they say, shitcoin and uh, totally, utterly useless, then why do you have to 
why do you have to work so hard to convince other people of that? Why do you have to hate on everything so much? Why don't you just laugh as all the chumps go into all of these other, you know, all altcoins and, oh, they're going to lose their money. Ha ha. You know, I'm safe because I'm in Bitcoin. But they seem like really aggressively angry about the fact that other blockchains exist. <laughs> hmm. That doesn't seem like someone who's actually speaking from confidence. Yeah, we, we had uh, the float guys, uh, Aaron and uh, and Edward Kingsley from float on that call, and they, they're in the cryptocurrencies and they're big fans of Bitcoin, but they were just bringing up the idea that like, hey, you know, it doesn't make a, a lot of sense that I can't go and, and purchase something with it because of the fees and it takes so long and all the issues that come with uh, cryptocurrency and people just jump down his throat and they're just like, you know, God forbid he said anything negative about Bitcoin. And it just, it, like you said, it just, it, it showed how extreme their views are. And I'm like, this isn't really about the cause or about freedom or about, I mean, this is to them, it's an investment. And to exactly the, what, yeah. what, what the flow, what um Ed, uh, Kingsley was saying and I always get his name mixed up because Edwards sounds like a first name and Kingsley sounds more like a last name. But, uh, <laughs> it's, right, yeah. but uh, uh, Kingsley Edwards, he um, he was talking about, he's like, well, that's like the next step. Like we should, we should be trying to uh, find a way where we can purchase something, use some type of currency between ourselves in person for a coffee or whatever that, you know, can bypass uh, the banks and those other systems. Um, and they were looking at it like, oh, that's ridiculous. Why would you ever even want to do that? It's like, and th which kind of exposed them as like, you guys are really just trying to make a buck. It's not about, yeah. you know, the, and, and that's the thing about technology. There's other times where technology, like the, you know, having something like a Bitcoin where you can, you know, d have transactions between you, you and your, you and somebody else, a family member, a friend, and you can bypass anybody else trying to get their cut in that transaction. And, and then obviously technology is also the thing we're afraid of because yeah, you, you look at smart cities, you look at, uh, all the, you know, all, all the ways they're looking at, um, tracking us and, and all these things, uh, all the electric cars. I mean, yeah. there's concerns with yeah. that. So it's like it, the same technology well, that look, can enslave let, let's us. Put it can... this way. God bless the Luddites. I'm, you know, awesome. If you are a genuine Luddite and you can do that in your life. Awesome. Great. Good for you. And your family, maybe, question mark. Although I doubt you'll be able to get your family on board with that, but that's great. Step away, go live in the cabin in the woods without electricity or anything. Absolutely, live the life of purity that you want. I'm 100% on board with that and all the power to you. But it's not, that is not the way humanity is going to develop. It just isn't. It absolutely isn't. Um, uh, I was struck when I was uh, reading the bajillion books and rereading and things for the uh, the online uh, of course, I did on history and mass media. And one of the books that I reread was uh, Amusing Ourselves to Death by um, Neil Postman, talking about technology and the development of it, of specifically in the media. And at that time in the 80s, 90s, when he was writing that, I think it was 80s, late, early 90s, uh, he was writing, of course, about television and the television era. Um, and so he was talking about the television paradigm and he was talking about the people who had noticed and recognized the exact same things that Neil Postman was talking about, which was how horrible this medium is for many different reasons and how it is destroying our mental capacity and blah, blah, blah. And he was pointing at the people who were saying, you know, so we should reject television and we should turn off our TV, throw out your TV and all of that. And he's like, yeah, it's, sounds good, but it's, it's not going to happen. It's, that is not, that is not the movement that's going to sweep the world and it's going to ultimately be caught on. It is here. And he was also looking at the people who were saying, well, okay, well, then we can use TV for what, what it can be good for, and we can use it for educational purposes. And he's saying, nope, that ain't going to work either, because that's not what it's for. And so uh, it, it, it does sort of end in this horrible note of, you know, I, I don't know what the answer to this is, but it's it rejecting the technology outright. It might work for you. And if it does, awesome, great, do it. But it's not going to be the social movement that catches on and, and changes the world. And in the same way, I just, I don't see a rejection of the technology that is, we are goose stepping into this tyrannical technocratic world order that is predicated on these very technologies that yes, could be used for miraculous, wonderful things if we put our conscious intent into that. 
but it can also be used by horrible, evil people with the, uh, malice and who want to control the population to control the population in ways never before dreamed of. What do we do with that? And again, if you think Luddictism is the way and rejecting all technology is the way, 100%, I, I'm not going to stop you. Go for it and proselytize and get people on board with the, your agenda and get them all to throw out all their technology and go live in the woods. I hope you succeed. I just don't think you're going to. But that leaves the question, well, then what do we do with this? Because this technology, it's not like, you know, we're going to stop developing new technology and it's all going to end here. No, the, 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 the logic of the technology itself is towards the miniaturization and the ubiquity, microchips and everything. We are heading in that direction. And I don't even know how to deflect that, let alone stop that train from going down that course at 100 miles an hour. But until we recognize that that's the direction things are going in and that there are evil people who are actually directing this development of this technology, until we at least recognize that, what are we going to do about it? Well, maybe it's going to be the downer, but that's <laughs> well, that me, where let, we're heading. Let, let me try to be optimistic. And, and again, I could be completely wrong, but I, I tend to believe there's something about actual human interaction. When you look like traditions that have lasted generations and generations, my, uh, you know, I, I've talked a lot about this on the show. Um, I, I, as you notice, I talk a lot on the show. So I, there's, I'm constantly repeating myself, I'm sure. But uh, my, my dad's a wine uh, maker. You know, he's made wine. My grandfather, my great-grandfather, it goes down to generations. And you look at like, you know, uh, all types of traditions, you know, if it's making wine, if it's making sausage, uh, Portuguese people make chorizo. When you look at all these traditions, it's like, okay, why, how do they stick around for that long generation after generation? And you, you realize that, like, one of the appeals to it is that it's a reason to gather people. That's what makes it enjoyable. That's why these traditions stick around. When you look at churches, right, people go to church, they, it, it becomes a community, you know each other, you talk to each other, it brings people together. You look at malls, for example. Malls have uh, obviously... Um, died a lot the, the last couple of years and or for been dying for a while now, but they're, they're rethinking uh, what is going to be in a mall and what you're going to see at a mall and what you're seeing now, at least locally from where I live in Massachusetts, your malls have more uh, arcades. They have, uh, you know, the sword throw, uh, throwing stuff like basically activities to br I know it sounds silly and they actually let you drink while you do this it's hilarious uh I have <laughs> I haven't done it but my wife's like she went it was for like a friend's birthday party she's like I want to do something different and she's like let's go sword throw or axe throwing sorry axe like that makes it any better uh axe throwing and uh I'm like wait wait what I'm like and, and they serve alcohol there and you're like yeah and I'm like really like, what's the insurance policy on this thing because I'm a, I feel like a lot could go wrong but um you look at it like I think the reason why they're they're doing that and why some of these traditions and and these things are so enjoyable is because we do need human interaction. I mean, you, you're aware and you probably even spoke about it on, on your show at some point about those many type of experiments that show that human interaction and comfort is is our number one uh, necessity. I mean, that um, I, I'm recalling. I I don't. It's been a long time since I remember reading up on it, but that experiment where the, I believe they had a, a monkey. It, that they starved, took it away from its mother, and then it, mm. there was a maze or something, and it could either go to yeah. the food or it could go to the stuffed animal that looked like its mother, right. and it went to the stuffed animal because yeah. the comfort was yeah. more important than the food for survival. Right. And um, and so that's I guess, why solitary confinement is torture. Absolutely, yeah. Just just keeping someone in a room by themselves for an extended period of time is torture. Yeah, and and so. So I guess my point of all, all this is like I'm, I'm trying to make the point or at least trying to look at it in an optimistic way where I feel like we need that we need that human interaction so much. And it's so deep rooted in our survival and DNA yeah. that at some point and you see it now, like you see like uh, younger and younger. I'm, I'm a cigar smoker and I like whiskey and I, and I like wine. But a lot of these things subconsciously, I wasn't even aware of it at the time. But I think I was just attracted to reasons to gather people. And, mm. and and have conversation, have these type of conversations. And in the modern day, it's impossible to do that unless you're saying, hey, let's sit around and have a glass of whiskey. Let's sit around and have a cigar because then it forces people to kind of put their phones uh, to the side. And you're seeing younger and younger people do that. You're seeing younger, younger people. Um, oh, it's almost like the further we get away from our, our instincts or natural instincts of, of gathering 
the more we realize we, we need it because we feel like something's missing. And then when you have it, um, you know, like satisfaction is the death of desire. You know, if you're, if you're always around people and you're always having that social interaction, you'll take it for granted. But because we've been so removed from it, when we do have it, it's, it almost seems more enjoyable. And I feel like there's, yeah. in, in other words, what I'm saying is I hope that that desire for that social interaction will be mm. our, a, 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 one of the desires that will get us to fight back against this technology. Cause we're, we're, I think at the end, we're going to realize we're not getting happier. I mean, we never, yeah. and, and, and yeah, yeah, something's yeah, exactly. missing, but, but think about it. The cigars and the whiskey, they're bad for your health. And when you're around people drinking and stuff, you could get into fights or bad things could happen. Wouldn't it be so much better if you could just, I don't know, slip on the VR goggles and enjoy a virtual cigar with other people who are avatars that you're interacting with in a 3D world that's just there right before you, but you, then you can just take off the helmet and you can be gone. It's so much better for you. See, the best, not the best, but the most effective form of social engineering and manipulation is not to fight human nature and not to put people in completely antithetical to human nature sorts of situations, but to replace those natural instincts that we have with the synthetic controlled alternative, the metaverse, instead of real life icky interaction with real human beings, because the metaverse will be comfortable in anything you want and you can do it from your, your own home, you can be in your pajamas, whatever, to, as comfortable as you want. And so they're going to, I, I unfortunately, I think the social engineers are a lot very much further ahead of most than most people in terms of understanding what it is that humans want and the way that they can provide that to them or at least the simulacrum of that experience without actually the real experience and and it is again like social media interaction is it is an interaction with real human beings in any sense that we have as human beings and yet the more we do that and put ourselves in that space and have those horrible interactions and feel the emptiness inside of these non-interactions with avatars on a screen, the more we do it and the more we put ourselves into it and the crazier we get. And I'd like to think there is that snapping point where people just like, oh, no, I don't want that anymore. But unfortunately, I think they're just going to keep trying to refine the matrix, as it were, so that we're more and more willing to jack ourselves into it in order to escape the problems that they've created with their previous iteration of the matrix. Um, that's the, the sinister side of this. And so what I think is the, the white pill or the, 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 the happy side of the equation is, again, it, it comes from our conscious intent, our focus, and our perception. If we are aware that there are evil people directing these technologies that are trying to get us hooked on these synthetic alternatives to, to real life and trying to direct things in that direction, we can at least start to consciously note these things before they happen. Because you better believe I am not strapping on the VR Zuckerberg goggles. I am not putting on the, it's almost like the reverse they live glasses. The they live glasses, you can see reality. These are the glasses you put on so you can't see reality, right? So I'm not putting them on. No, you, I mean, you can, I guess you can fight and physically force them onto me, but I, I am not consciously going to put myself into this matrix because I know what it is and where it's going. And I know the conscious intent behind it. And I don't want any part of it. And look, I mean, I, I'm a voluntarist. If you choose, you want to put yourself into that matrix, I'm not going to physically stop you from doing it. And maybe there is a way to do that in a conscious way that, oh, I, you know, I, I can limit it and I can control it. Okay, good. If you can do that, great. All the power to you. But at the very least, it has to be our choice and it has to be a conscious choice. That's what it keeps coming back to for me. We have to consciously enter into the future that is coming. We have to enter into it consciously, aware that bad Things exist, bad people exist, people with bad motives are directing some of the most powerful structures in society, not just government, but things above government, as we have discovered over the past couple of years. Eh, what's the World Health Organization? What do they do? Oh, uh, what's Big Pharma? It's just a corporation. Oh, my God. Uh, what's the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation? It's just some philanthropy. Oh, my God. Oh, what's going on? Yeah, there are people in positions of power that are above government and are directing things, and they are of ill intent. And again, I think we need the perceptual focus to understand that 
so that we can make our decisions consciously. That, I think, is ultimately our answer to this, to understand what is happening at a deeper level so that we don't fall into those traps. Yeah, in, in a way, when I think about Zoom and Skype and how people thought initially it was going to replace in-person meetings and it didn't, and because they, they realized they're just uh, a different connection, there's something missing, there's energy or something missing, uh, that makes me optimistic. But and then I think about how we're so dumb that, I mean, think about breast implants. We know they're fake and they still turn yeah. us on. And yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the monkey part of our exactly. brain is yeah. like, like, I know this is artificial. I know, yeah, it's it's Cypher in the Matrix. I know this steak isn't real. I know it's just my brain you know, experiencing these flavors or whatever. It's not a real thing, but it tastes good and I want it. I'm going to eat the Matrix steak. How many people are going to reject the Matrix steak unless they know the deeper agenda behind it? Well, and think about all the years you you know, you've know said, I've been listening to, to you uh, way longer before I even started podcasting, but all the years... We, you know, we would talk about like, hey, the people who are really running this show, you, you don't know their names most of the time. You know, you don't know who they are. They're not the people that you're seeing on TV. And just think about how true that became even in 2020. That became true with Fauci. I mean, think about like how much influence and power he had all these years. And the common person had no idea who he was. Uh, it, most people didn't know who he was when he first uh, first appeared on TV in 2020. And he was the highest paid government official like think about yeah. that i mean that's yeah so and, and then you look at the world uh economic forum all the you know like groups that people either didn't know who they were or didn't know how much influence they had so it's like is there somebody like i mean not to uh put you on the spot but is there anybody like that that we should focus on that maybe uh you know in in 2020 or 2022 that maybe we should uh keep an eye out on that uh maybe is going underneath the radar in regards to pushing some of these agendas? If, I mean, if there's a specific person, don't worry, I will absolutely tell you about it. I'm trying to rack my brain. Now, who would that person be who's flying under the radar? But I, I wouldn't be presumptuous enough to say that I, I know that um, at this point before, before it is revealed um, because, I mean, I can laugh. Yeah, the people who didn't really know who Tony Fauci was a couple of years ago. I didn't. I didn't really know. I mean, I sure I'd heard of him and I knew something about the AIDS story and I'd heard Judy Mikevitz and other people talking about him before. So I knew a bit about him, but I didn't know the extent of what he'd been up to. I mean, read the real Anthony Fauci. But by, isn't that uh, crazy? RFK Jr. It but is, isn't that crazy? That it's you, just mind blowing. It's as incredible. As much research you've done. And, he, you know, because I mean, you would think like if, if, he's not a, he's not even a person i should be concerned with if james isn't bringing him up it, yeah, you know, like yeah. He, don't don't use that as a metric <laughs> <laughs> i don't know everything i'm not all places at all times yeah there are things like that that i kind of know something about but i haven't deep dived into so yeah i mean don't 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 look yeah i mean just as a general rule don't look to anyone as oh if this guy is talking about it then it's important if he's not it's not important never ever ever concede to that, including myself or yourself or anyone else, um, uh, because there's blind spots in everywhere—not even blind spots, but just you're—you know about this, you don't know about that. That's just the way life is. So, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I know the person who is, you know, directing everything. Um, I, I'm sure there are many people that we should be focusing on, and I. I I will let you know when I come across them. That's always part of my research. I mean, just let's take one example. Um, now you're putting me on the spot, so <laughs> I'm not even going to necessarily remember his name now. <laughs> but um, when I did my uh, podcast last year on um, uh, des uh, des hu designing humans for fun and profit, I think it was something along those lines, episode 404. I may be wrong about that. Um, but that that episode I was talk uh, I, I highlighted one of the speakers was this crazed guy who advises for the Department of Defense, um, who does like brain neuro weaponry and that kind of stuff and talking about the ways that they're designing weapons that will be able to hijack people's brains and you know, make them do things and mind control and things like this from a distance and blah blah blah, all this kind of stuff that Again, if I was talking about it, crazy tinfoil hat, nutter, weirdo, you know, fringe, but it's literal like Department of Defense advisors talking about how they can do this kind of stuff. Like someone like that. And that was 
that was someone who came up in the course of the research that I was doing. And then when you start looking at it and you start seeing, oh, he gave a talk over here and he did this thing over here and he talked about this over here. And it's not like I think he's directing all of this, but it's just one of those things where once you find the person or you find the particular search term, then suddenly you start to see this whole field of research that's going on that you may have not had any clue was going on until you start looking at it. Well, I feel like, you know, and again, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic because it's the beginning of the year. So I'm uh, I'm trying to have hope for, for 2022. But I feel like we are winning in, in regards to just, you know, creating a bigger resistance and all these things. I mean, I remember when I first started listening to you, I, I, I used to listen to you talk about RFK, uh, the assassination, JFK assassination. Now you're interviewing RFK Jr. I remember when Thaddeus Russell was on my show years ago. Um, some of the points I disagreed with him on was based on your research and things that you exposed me to that I liked and I've kind of adopted. I'm like, yeah, no, what, J J James would disagree with this. And I'm, you know, and, and now he's, you know, you're on his podcast. It's like so many of the things that were fringe. I'm mean, same thing with Bill Gates. You bring up Bill Gates some years ago and people would just laugh at you when you, when you talk about eugenics or, or that he had any of these motives. Cause you, you know, he's, he's wearing this just this very innocent looking sweater and he's, he's just on the chair and he seems so nice. And, 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 uh, and now, you know, now he's not, he's barely doing interviews and, and people talk about his link to Epstein and all these other things. So I, I feel yeah. like we're, even we're, Epstein himself again, yeah. a few years ago, you're crazy. You think there's a pedophile Island? Oh, you're, you know, tinfoil hat. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. There, There is a huge shift in consciousness that's taken place over the past couple of decades. We have gone from, you learned that on the internet? <laughs> to, well, of course, <laughs> where do you get your information? Everyone's on the internet. Uh, we, there's a huge change that's taking place. And that isn't, again, it's not all to the good all the time. And it leads to all sorts of craziness, the QSYOP and all of this. That's just a taste of what's coming in the coming years. But at the very least, yeah, the conversation is changing drastically. And we, at least, I look, I guess I don't even know about you and your real motives. Maybe you're a shill gatekeeper. <laughs> and trust me, people out there often accuse me of that. But I know 100% I know me. I know me. I know I am real. I am authentic. I say what I mean. I mean what I say. I know what I'm talking about. When I talk about something and present these facts, here are the facts. This is what I've learned. And this is the way I interpret it. I know I'm real and I'm out there putting my voice out there. So I know it is possible at this moment in time for real authentic human beings to put their voices out there and to change that conversation. I know it's real because I know it 100% from my own personal experience, not even counting anything else I see out there because it can all be fake, right? Well, I know me and everyone out there knows yourself and you know you are real and you know you are an authentic human being and you know you can change that conversation. Well, maybe you don't know that, but if you go out there and start trying to do it, you never know what that ripple in the pond, what effect it might have. Right, Ricky? Yeah. Well, that's kind of something I keep saying over and over again. I mean, your story is, is a, a amazing and inspirational story when you think about how you got started and then I mean, uh, don't take it the wrong way, but the empire you've built, that's a compliment. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's its like you have this amazing website. People go to you for, for research. People respect you. Um, they know you're well-researched. You've done some of the most timeless documentaries um, and some of the most viral documentaries. I mean, the five, like you, you talked about doing a five-minute video, like it's not going to change the world. But I, I truly believe that we don't know what type of ripples or where those ripples might lead because... People yeah, are still talking yeah. about your 9-11 video. I, I'm not trying to dissuade anyone from doing anything. On the very contrary, I am encouraging everyone to do whatever strikes you as being the right thing to do. Don't wait for me to do it for you. Don't come asking for you know advice from headquarters. Do it. Go out there and do it. And you have no idea. And I'm sure... Well, I'm not sure, but I'm betting it probably won't be me or my message, but it might be something that I say that ignites some spark in someone who has a conversation with someone else, who passes the information off to another person, who then does something that 
create some change in the world. And I'll never in a million years be able to know that it was something that I said. And who knows where I got that idea myself. And maybe I got it from something I heard you say to someone else on your podcast. And who knows, right? Again, ownership of information is is stupid and a, a stupid way of looking at it. But all I know is put yourself and your ideas out there into the world and you have no idea the effect that it might have one day down the line and you'll never be able to know so don't look for console consolation or solace in that you may not get famous or whatever if that's your motivation i'm sorry it might not play out that way but at the very least you can change the world and if we stop believing in that then what's the point of any of this i i bring that up all the time you think of the most influential people in human history there's people who influence them books music maybe Absolutely. a documentary if it's modern yeah. time that we, that are small, that we're unaware of, that didn't sell much. Um, and it could be something as simple as, you know, um, Martin Luther King at a bus stop having a, a, a conversation with a, a guy who's waiting for the bus and that whatever ideas they share with one another, it changes the way he looks at the world and that leads to something else. And so it's like... Let's boycott this bus line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, that's yeah. an idea. Yeah. So. Yeah. Who knows, right? Yeah. But On I, know, that note, I know, I know you got to go. a busy guy, yeah. I have another interview. Actually, yep. two minutes ago, so I got to get <laughs> Sorry. going. Hey, James, thanks for being with me. We'll keep in touch and uh, and keep up the great work, of course. Have a great 2022. All right. Thank you so much for having me on. Good luck, and thank you for doing what you do. Thanks. You too. Thank you. Right. Believe in the ripple